All right, let me remind you again. This is a narrative, a theme, and a metaphor. This is not just about lions. This is not just about a man named Benaiah. This is not about great feats that lead to standing within an ancient Israelite kingdom. It is that story. We're using that as the narrative. But a narrative is a message that tells the particulars of an act or an occurrence or even the course of events. But within a narrative, many times what works and what holds us is that theme, that subject matter that allows us to discuss. And many times that theme is a metaphor or a figure of speech that allows us to talk about something other than what we're actually talking about. So if you're here to learn how to hunt actual lions, I'm sorry, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I'm not here to teach you how to hunt lions. I'm not here to even endorse hunting lions. It is a narrative, it is a theme, and it is a metaphor. Let me remind you of a couple of key points from uh, last week, both morning and evening. If your life and God's vision for that life does not scare you, then the vision that you have for yourself and for your life is too small. If the vision that God has for you does not scare you, then it is too small. This week, I caught up on a lot of things. This has been a very hectic week. I was gone for three weeks, as you all know. And so I had many meetings this week with people. One of those meetings, the person uh, communicated to me that it wasn't really fear as in trembling, but it was fear as in perhaps the word we came to was being overwhelmed. And I want you to understand that. It's not that God wants to scare you, but God's vision for you is so much larger than what you would automatically choose for yourself. It is so much bigger that put differently, God has such big plans for you. He has such a big vision for you that unless he rescues you in the midst midst of this vision, in the midst of these plans, the plans are so big that they will eat you alive, literally. You will fail. You will fall short because you are not able to do this on your own. God is looking for disciples, people who are willing to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him, people who are not trying to save their life but are willing to lose it for his kingdom. He's looking for them to follow him into places and to take actions and to challenge circumstances in their lives, those actions and places and circumstances that absolutely require his involvement or we will be destroyed and fail. If you are living your life only inside of the place where you feel you're up to the task, where you are capable of handling it, then you are living a diminished life. Our passage of Scripture that we have talked about and used in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 20, there was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab, and then what we have focused upon in this series, another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. He chased a lion down into a pit 
and killed it. What was possessing Benaiah? Because this morning I want to draw our attention to this. It's fine and well in the safety of Newark United Pentecostal Church to challenge people to live large and to live big. And to use the theme and the metaphor of chasing a lion and we get excited and I heard some of you talking about you were going to bring your spears here this morning. I don't see any literal spears, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that people are engaging. I got an email from my father-in-law the other night. He says, not only are old lions still lions, Old warriors are still warriors. So I'm glad you all are engaging. You're getting the point here, the metaphor, the theme. But lions have big teeth. What do you mean, preacher? It's fine. Put a cool graphic up. It's fine. Put nice, uh, nice video together. It's, it's fine to come in and, and challenge us with that crazy man, Benaiah, and what he did. It's fine to come in and talk about how, how he became the commander-in-chief of all of Israel's armies because it started with him chasing a lion into a pit and then from that place becoming somehow special and different part of the 30 great mighty men of, of, of David and yet not a part of the top three and yet famous as the top three and, and becoming the head of David's bodyguards and then from there making the right choices and it leading to becoming commander-in-chief. But lions have big teeth. My circumstances are bigger than me. My problems are bigger than me. The actions that God seems to be intimating that I should take, they spell doom. You don't don't understand I can't handle this lions have big teeth well let's talk about a couple of things that you got to deal with and you may not like this reality but it is still reality in this life there is always a hunter and a prey see you don't realize that you have a choice today. You want a third option. But I'm here to tell you that in this life, you don't have a third option. Which will you be? Because you will either hunt or you will be hunted. There's no middle ground. There's no neutral zone. There's, there's no Australia and Switzerland. There's nobody that sits on the fence. There's hunted and there's hunting. You're either the hunter or you're the prey. And you have to choose what you're going to do. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 tells us, I didn't put the song up today either, but the Lord knew what he was doing. Stay alert. Watch out for our great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a lion, a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You see, you don't have a choice about whether he's going to hunt you. The only question is, is do you want to chase him or do you want him chasing you? You don't have a choice about this. He's a lion. 
He wants to eat you. I know we poke fun at him because he's stupid, and he is. And I know we poke fun at him because he's under the control of God, and he is. But please understand, lions have big teeth. I'm looking at people here today that can bear testimony that that lion sunk his teeth into your life. That lion ravaged you. That lion caused you trouble. That lion caused you to sin. That lion has power within him. I'm not here to tell you that that's the only power, and I am here to affirm to you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. But you don't make a mistake. He is a lion and he does have big teeth. In life, you have to choose, are you going to be hunted or are you going to hunt? You are either going to chase the lion or the lion is going to chase you. This includes your sin. I'd like to spend a moment talking about that because that's the baseline. That's the starting place. You don't live a great life without chasing the lion of your sin. But please understand that that really isn't, that's a consequence. Anybody run into the lion called your flesh? Anybody run into the lion called the world around us? And I'm not talking about geography, and I'm not talking about culture. I'm talking about that bad attitude that's out there, that attitude of rebellion, that attitude that says, God, you don't have a right to tell me what to do, that attitude that is carnal, and that attitude that is ungodly, and that attitude that is unspiritual, and that attitude that is constantly laying in wait to play to your flesh, to cause you to live and to think and to act in ways that make you small, that hold you down. Because you see that devil who is a roaring lion going around looking whom he can devour. That lion is called the prince and the power of the air. He's the one who has control of this world. Yes, Jesus came to the cross and he died for us. And because of that, the devil's power has been broke, but broke only to the place that you have choice now. He still has influence over this world. He has influence over what we see and hear. He has influence over the spirits that are in this world. And those spirits attach themselves to our flesh. How many here can recognize the Apostle Paul's words in Romans 7? That which I would not do, I do. And that which I would do, I don't do. Every time I go to do good, sin is present with me. Can anybody recognize this within your life? This is a lion. I'm here this morning to challenge you that this is why we are to be lion chasers because you can't make heaven your home without changing the dynamics of that. If you try to hide from your sin, your sin always finds you. If you try to just hunker down and get to a safe zone and there just not deal with it, your sin always hunts you down. You have to turn the tables. You have to change the dynamics and you have to turn it around that instead of you being hunted, you are the hunter. You are the one that is constantly looking for the hunt, the, the, the lion, to get a hold of that lion and to kill it. You say, but I've, I've, I've tried and I don't have the ability to overcome my sin. I know. Remember what I told you. Unless God rescues you, it will eat you alive. But let's take the other dynamic. You play it safe. You try to hide. 
You just make peace. You redefine. You contextualize. It's going to eat you alive anyway. It's going to eat you alive anyway. You were made to be great. You, not the monkeys, not the giraffes, and not the lions, were made in the image and the likeness of God. You were made to be great. It's not a pep talk. I have no books to sell. No webinars to buy. No self-help course. You were made in the image of the Almighty God. His assessment of us broken. Not with His power. On our own. If these people work together... Anything they set their mind to, they will have the ability to do it. That's not a reflection of us, but it's a reflection that we are his reflection. It's coming from his greatness. And the devil wants you to stay small. Because when you're small, then he can eat you alive. When you're small, he can beat you down. When you're small, he can play with you and mess with you. But I'm here this morning to tell you that not only should you chase the lions of your sin, you should chase the lions of God's vision for you. Because God has a big vision for you. That sinful state is not where you have to stay. Those thoughts are not having to be your thoughts. Those actions don't have to stay your actions. This is not a matter of us figuring out how to do it. It's about God rescuing us. But life is a race. And in that race, you are either running toward the lions or you're running from the lions. You're either hunting or you're being hunted. This is an absolutely foundational point. If you don't accept it, take a vacation next week because there's no point in coming back. Join us next, the following week. You're either hunting or you're being hunted. There's not a safe, neutral zone. Lions don't tell you that they're hunting you. There's not a band that comes down the road. Lions coming through, we are hunting you. Come on, we've all seen National Geographic enough. We know how they hunt. Stethily. Sneaking through the grasses. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't even know they're there until the split second before he's on you. How many have experienced that? I know I have. You wake up afterwards and you've been ravaged. You've been gnawed on. The teeth have chewed you up and you're going, what just happened? Where did that come from? What was I thinking? You were being hunted. And you were hunted long before that moment where you felt its teeth. It had been hunting you perhaps for days. It had been hunting you for months. And some of us have been hunted for years and we don't realize that he's hunting. You've got to turn the tables and hunt him. 
And God has given you the ability through his vision for you and through the revelation of his word that you can hunt the hunter. Let me define two things for you. Lions are always beyond our abilities. That's why we don't want to hunt them. Now please understand, even beyond sin, I'm not here to affirm you in small-mindedness. When you tell me what your dreams are in this life, if they're not bigger than your ability, if they're not bigger than your capacity, if they're not bigger than what you're comfortable with, they are not the vision of God. They're your vision. They're your vision. Because we like to win. We like to succeed. And we, without God changing how we think, we play it safe. Even the risk takers play it safe. Nobody, I've not met a risk taker that goes in and tackles something that they know they have zero chance of succeeding at. The difference between the cautious folks and the risk takers is the cautious folks want a 90 to 100% certainty they will succeed. The risk takers, as long as they got a 50-50, they're good to go. I'm here under the unction of the Holy Spirit of God telling you God's vision for you is something that doesn't even have a 50-50. It don't have a 40-60. It don't have a 30-70. It don't have a 20-80, and it don't have a 10-90. It has a zero chance of you succeeding. It is going to eat you alive. It is menacing. It can destroy you. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So all of you risk takers that want to sit here and say, hey, I'm in good place here. I don't have to listen quite so much to the preacher. It's all those timid folks that got to listen to this. You need to listen to me. The best risk takers always have a 50-50. Maybe the crazy ones go 40-60. But nobody goes when you know for sure you're going to fail. But when God speaks his vision into your life, he wants you in a scenario. He wants you taking actions. He wants you dealing with circumstances that unless he rescues you, it's going to eat you alive. I don't have time this morning to deal with the pit. That's tonight. The pit of no return. But you've got to understand something. Unless the Lord rescues, Benai is not coming out of the pit. Lions are places, actions, and circumstances that threaten the fulfillment of God's vision for our lives. Let me tell you how most people operate in life. 
They look first at themselves. They make an assessment of their abilities. Churches have even fallen prey to this. They have gifting assessments. And to all of my dear brothers and sisters around the country that may want to blow me up if they listen to this, I'm not here to tell you how to change, tell you to change or how to administer your church. But I am here to tell you at Newark UPC, who you are and what you do in the kingdom cannot be done based on a talent or a gift assessment because by definition, God wants you to go places and do things that you by definition don't have the ability to do, but he does. That's the point. You can live larger than you can live. Lions are places, actions, and circumstances that threaten the fulfillment of God's vision for our lives. Christians should not be looking at themselves first. Christians should be looking to their God first. What are you doing, God? What do you want to do, God? Where do you want to be? God. See, this is what corrects for, because I can just hear some of the wheels. I got smart people in this place. Some of the wheels going, so preacher, you're telling me I go out and I incur a million dollars debt, God's going to bail me out? Preacher, if I run all my credit cards up, God's going to bail me out? No. That means you looked at yourself and you were stupid. You did a self-assessment, and then you ignored it. I'm not telling you to ignore your self-assessment. I'm telling you don't start with your self-assessment. I'm telling you start with God. Because if God be for you, if God be for you, come on, somebody, if God be for you, who or what can be against you? And when you let God be the start of the place, then whatever crazy thing it is that you're supposed to do, whatever thing that's beyond your ability, it's emanating from his vision. It's emanating from his plans. Not your plans put on him. His plans put on you. And I'm telling you that when you look to God first, when you seek his face first, when you die out to your own will, when you die out to your own plans, when you deny self and follow him, he, by definition, has plans that are bigger than what you can do. This church, there are plans for it that are bigger than what we can do. God always thinks bigger than what humans are able to do. Okay, great, preacher. So he's got big plans. How the jiggers do we do it? You ready? Now, this is the crazy part. This is where it gets nuts. You chase the lion. Because God, in his sovereignty uses these very lions, these places, these actions, and these circumstances that threaten his vision for you. He uses those lions 
and our overcoming of them to fulfill his vision in your life. That's what I tried to bring to you Sunday night is Beniah became a mighty warrior. Beniah became the commander of David's bodyguard. Beniah became the commander-in-chief of all of Israel's armies. Beniah later killed an Egyptian who, from the account, sounds like he's as big as Goliath. We're talking about some great feats. How did that happen? Because it started when Beniah chased the first lion. God built within him the capacities that could only come from God, but they did come from God, and he was able to go on and do what God had envisioned for him because he had chased the lion. But it's going to eat me. It has big teeth. Yeah, I know. They're huge. Fear strikes our heart. Being overwhelmed strikes our heart. But God in his sovereignty has chosen to use the very lions we fear to build us, to make us, to strengthen us, to direct us, and to form us in his image to fulfill his vision for us individually and for us as a church. Newark UPC, may I remind you, God has such big plans for this church that unless he rescues us, those plans will eat us alive they will destroy us. And as I already showed you, and I'm not going to talk about it now, tonight's the pit of no return, but I tried to demonstrate for you physically that it is crazy to do what God is asking us to do. But I am crazy enough that I have accepted the maxim that we're either being hunted or we're hunting. We're either going to be the hunter or we're going to be the prey. We either are going to chase or be chased. And I don't know about you, but I don't like being chased. I don't like being chased by my sin. I don't like being chased by my small-mindedness. I don't like being chased by my pathetic impotence. I do not like being chased by my inabilities and my constraints and so I would rather fail chasing than fail being chased now the problem is is I'm your pastor it don't mean that I run this place but I do have a whole lot of influence over this place there's a whole lot of decisions that are mine to make and I'm telling you we are chasing not being chased. I can't guarantee that we're not going to get eaten alive. I can't guarantee that we're not going to get hurt. I can't promise you that you won't feel teeth marks on your arm. I can't promise you any of that, but I can promise you that God shows up and rescues people when they chase the lion. And God has plans that are way bigger than anything you could imagine. They're beyond our capacity. They're beyond our ability. And he's using the very risk, the very potential of failure to build us. Again, I remind you of the quote from Mark Batterson. When the image of a man-eating beast travels through the optic nerve and into the visual cortex, the brain relays an urgent message to the body. Run! But lion chasers 
overrule the message to run from the lion. And instead they trust God that he is the Lord of the lions and they run straight at the very thing that threatens them. I'm here this morning to tell you, if you've got sin, don't hide from it. Run straight at it. That's why I won't condemn you. That's why this place does not talk about you. That's why this is a safe place because this is a place for lion chasers. And I don't care what sin you're dealing with. I know a God who's the Lord of the lions. Don't run from it. Run at it and kill it. But extending it beyond that, you cannot follow God's vision for you without understanding that that vision is far beyond your ability. It's far beyond what you can do. See, preacher, why are you spending so much time on this theme, this metaphor? What are you going to unveil to us? What are you going to tell us? You only got one more set of Sundays to talk to us. Doesn't sound like you're going to talk about it tonight, so... Are you going to talk about it next week? Yeah. See, I can't tell you what God's told me if you don't get this. I mean, I can tell you, and you'll all decide that I've lost my mind. And some of you may still think that I lost my mind, and you'll have a choice to make. Because I will not fail being chased. I'll only fail if I fail chasing. The failure's the same, but there is no chance of survival if I'm being chased. There is a chance of rescue if I'm chasing. I'm not leaving my money behind. I'm not leaving my talents behind. I'm leaving it all on the field, folks. If you need a sports metaphor, there it is. I'm leaving it all on the field. We're, we're not going to play this safe. Families matter. And the devil's trying to eat your families alive. Your children matter. And the devil's trying to eat them alive. Our community matters. The devil's trying to eat it alive. I don't know whether God will rescue me. I have faith that he says he will, but I don't have a guarantee. But I promise you, I will not, I will not, I will not fail being chased. I will fail if I fail chasing. Even though we will need to be rescued by God, please understand the reason that I have to emphasize this to you so strongly is because lions will never be killed. They can never be overcome. They can never be vanquished unless we chase them into a pit. We have to turn the tables. And that's a change of your mind. It's a change of your attitude. That's why the devil wants to push so many of you down. That's why he's used all kinds of mechanisms to cause you to doubt yourself. To cause you to think, there's no way that I can be what I'm supposed to be. He's used parents to do it. And that they, maybe they didn't know better or maybe they're just passing down the same abuse they got. 
He's used society to do it. He's pressed down on all kinds of things. He's messed with people's minds so that they think of themselves as small, so that they think of themselves as incapable, so that they think of themselves based upon their circumstances, based upon their talents and their abilities. And this morning I'm here to challenge you that, yes, lions have big teeth. But the Lord, the God of Israel, our Savior Jesus Christ, He's the Lord of the lions. And if it's going to eat me anyway, I at least want it to know I punched it. I at least want it to feel my metal. I at least want it to know that I fought back. You want to understand your pastor. I am not perfect. I have not achieved perfection. But I am fighting my sin. Some people need to wake up and stop making peace with your lions. They're not kitty cats. They're not pussy cats. They're not felines that you keep in the house. They're lions and they're stalking you and they're going to eat you alive. Fight back, fight back, fight back, fight back. You are not defined by them. You are defined by your creator. You're defined by the Lord of the lions. Chase that lion. Fight that lion. But even beyond our sin, oh, church, what's being birthed here this month is so much bigger than any one of us can even understand. But it can't be birthed in you if you won't ignore the teeth and chase the lion. You don't call it something other than what it is. You call it the lion. You don't whitewash it. You don't, you don't, you don't minimize it. You call it what it is. And then... You turn your eyes to your master and you say, well, unless you rescue me, I'm done for. I'm dead anyway. So I'm going to give you the optimal environment to rescue me. And I don't know what it is, but God likes lion chasers. You know how I know it? I know this story's about Benaiah, but I, I have to pull in the man he served. His name was David. I can't think of a better example. David struggled with sin his whole life and felt the repercussions of it throughout his life. David was a man who did many great things, far beyond what you would think a shepherd boy from Bethlehem could do. The Bible tells me that that imperfect man, David, was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because every time David faced a lion, he didn't get off unscathed. But every time he faced a circumstance, every time he, pla- he faced a place, every time he faced an action, 
He ran at it. He never ran from it. And God was pleased and said, I will establish your throne forever. And it's your throne that I will sit upon as king of the world. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you. I'm not even a shepherd boy. I'm not from the backside of Israel in a little town called Bethlehem. And so what can God do with my life if I'm willing to chase my lions instead of be chased? What can God do through me? What can God do for me? And more importantly, what can God do to this world? How can he change history? How can he change the lives of people that come in contact with me? Simply because I don't get better. I don't have better skills. I don't know what I'm doing. But because I'm willing to chase the lion. I'm willing to take the risk. I'm willing to go where he's going. I'm willing to believe him more than I doubt me. And that is what I challenge you with today. Yes, the lions have big teeth. Chase them anyway. Because you don't kill the lion without chasing it into the pit. I got to take time tonight to deal with that. Would you come and pray? I'm done this morning. Remember, if you weren't here last week, you got to go back and pick those up. In fact, some of you need to go home, get a sandwich, get soup. Sit down in front of your computer and spend all afternoon listening before you get back here tonight. You're just going to do lions all day today. Come on now. If it means a life transformation, why not? Come on. Come on. I challenge you. Take this seriously. God's going to do something in our lives if we'll take this seriously.